Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, so good to have you here today. This is part three of our series called The Righteous Ones, really helping us to understand what is the heart of Jesus um, for us, not only spending eternity with him, but how we can be close to him and continue to foster and build a relationship with him. Well, just before I got here, uh, Nate reached, uh, leaned over to me and says, hey, hey, Mark, I got a question for you. I says, yeah, Nate, what's, what's the question? He goes, uh, can, I, can I just go up there and preach for you today? And I was like, Nate, are you serious? He's, yeah. He goes, but just not today. I want to do it every day. I was like, so, so we got Nate. He's the preacher man, obviously. So I told him, I said, Nate, sometime you can come up and you'll preach with me. Okay, Nate? All right. So, so great to, uh, to be here with you. Um, well, God's presence is so amazing, isn't it? Um, what he did this morning in our time of worship. Um, we want to continue to make sure that this is a place that not only hosts his presence, but cultivates his presence. Um, because from my life, you know, this world has some things to offer, but what it has to offer you will leave you empty. But what the presence of God has to offer will leave you full and complete and whole. And so we want to continue to, to allow him to do his work and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Well, today I'm going to be talking about... Uh, The title is Finding the Narrow Gate That Gets You In. Finding the Narrow Gate That Gets You In. Um, If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, If you'll turn with me on your device or your Bibles. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. says this, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide. Can you all say wide? The gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, and those who enter by it are many. Can you say many? So you have two words here. You have wide, and you have many. So the gate is wide. The path is easy, and many go down that way. Then verse 14 says, For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So you have a wide gate that's easy that many go down. You have a narrow gate that's hard, and only a few find it. These are Jesus' words. And he's talking about this place of going into eternity. Zatoni, if you'd come at this moment. um, Zatoni came up to me at the uh, middle of our community time, and she felt like the Lord had had spoken to her through a dream. And uh, she shared it with me, and it completely relates to what we're talking about. Come right on up here, Zatoni, and 
Uh, can you give Zatoni a big hand? Help her feel the encouragement. So I want you to share with me what you felt God was speaking to you in this dream, and then he related it. He confirmed it with the Bible. By the way, if God shows you dreams or if he speaks to you in your mind, it is always really important to find confirmation in the word of God because the enemy can also play tricks on your mind. And so we need to always confirm it with the word of God, which is always true and right. And so that keeps us in the right pathway. So Zatoni. Oh, last night I was just sleeping and I saw a dream. I saw that at, I was at the end of my journey on earth. So I saw that I left this world and I went to heaven. And I saw two big doors. So I was walking with confidence knowing that I'm going to meet my Lord Jesus Christ. And I, uh, I saw one person, one gentleman took one door and I took the, the other one. And when I opened the other one, I was terrified. I saw flames of fire coming. And I started to scream. I said, Lord, what did I do wrong? Why should I be here? And immediately, I came back. And right away, I heard, I say, I wanted you to experience where many people are going to spend eternity. Many are going to spend eternity in here. You, you know me, but many people don't know me. I wanted you to see that. And I was so scared. And I said, Lord, because this week God helped me. I brought seven people to Christ. I was thinking that I'm doing well. But he's, it is not enough because we are, have many people who are dying without Christ. And I woke up. I went to pray. I went in the living room. And I read uh, this word. Can you read? You want me to read? Yes. All right. Pray. Do not fail to rescue those who are doomed to die. This is, by the way, Proverbs 24, verse 11. Don't say, I didn't know it. God can read your mind. So please don't be afraid to tell other people that Jesus can let them uh, spend eternity with them in a good place. All right, thank you, Zatoni. So this is really about how do people find eternity with Jesus and each one of us here in this room need to take a sober look at our own life because just because you are in church and just because you know of Jesus does not assure a place in eternity with Christ. Uh, my daughter got to go to Soul Fest this year, but um, she went um, because a good friend of our families gave her an all-access pass to the event. And so she got to uh, walk around with an all-access pass on, and she thought she was something else. She got to go backstage and meet all the artists, and, and it was this pass, though, that gave her um, complete access. Now, the pass is the thing that says, yes, you have the authority to move in. But for, have any of you also uh, tried to get into an event and um, you didn't have one of these badges? I know for me, in my earlier pre-Jesus years, um, I would usually be fairly crafty. I figured out if you act very confidently 
And like you know what you're doing, you can usually get into anywhere. It's true. Don't try it. And so, and sometimes if you know who puts on the event, you can just mention their name and walk very confidently and say, oh, I'm going to go see so-and-so, and you just keep walking by. And they, you walk confident, they don't stop you. Well, my daughter had an all-access pass, and, and she did not know the person, Daniel Russell, who was putting on the event. She didn't know, but she still had all-access but how did she get all access? She got all access because Dan Russell knows this person who gave my daughter the all access pass. The connection here is sometimes, see, we, we want to get into heaven. We want to have an all access pass. And it's really about who we know. Or we think it's about who we know. See, we can know God but does God know you? See, it's not just about who, who you know, it's but who knows you. So this person who gave the all-access pass knew the owner of the event. God, who owns it all, gave Jesus the ability to hand out all-access passes. And it's because of that Jesus knows us that gives us the ability to enter eternity with God. Now, if you were just like me in my foolishness and pretend you knew what was going on but didn't have the credentials, you can pretend that you can be in the event, but the moment I saw the event owner or the person putting on the event, they would recognize and say, who is this? Get out. I don't know you. You shouldn't be here. Now, we do know that God's all loving. He's not there to cast judgment on us. But the reality is we still have to follow the kingdom rules. We have to follow kingdom rules. If you turn with me to John chapter 10... Here are some of the kingdom rules. John chapter 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Still in the New Testament. One of the Gospels. Jesus tells a story about sheep and a good shepherd and a sheep pen. We're going to start at verse 1 of John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, foolish Mark, trying to get in the event without having the right credentials or the right, going the right way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of my sheep, To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, 
for they do not know the voice of strangers. Okay, so here we go. We're talking about narrow door or a big wide open door. And here he's talking about a narrow gate and there's only one way in. Well, actually there is two ways in. There's one climbing over the walls, but that means you're not legitimate. You're a thief. You're, you're trying to do, get in without the right way. And then there's only one way. It's a narrow gate that Jesus himself was saying, he's the good shepherd in this story, and we are his sheep. Now, the interesting thing in all of this is he uses the sheep and shepherd analogy like we heard for the last three weeks on that video intro. He separates the sheep from the goats. And we talked about last week and why we talked about the Nourish Project. And we said, when you go into the parking lot of the coffee shop or whatever of your regular routine, and you're going to decide whether you get your Dunkin' Donuts coffee or your Starbucks coffee, or you're going to contribute to um, the famine in Africa. And it wasn't just, are you going to do the act, but are you going to listen to the Spirit of God and be obedient to what he's saying? The whole point of that was to try to help you understand that it is learning to hear the voice of God and responding to him. Because in this story that Jesus is saying, the the only way that you are known as a sheep of the good shepherd is whether or not you can hear the voice of the good shepherd and you follow him. And you follow him. Now this gate, if you, if you were to think about Old Testament times, so the way that this would work, the sheep would graze in the field during the day and that safety at night, they would bring him into this stone corral. Typically, it was stone. Sometimes there were sticks, but over in the deserty areas, they wouldn't have had sticks. But they'd build stones like a, well, here in New Hampshire, if you drive by some of these old places, like the old pounds, like animals would escape in the towns. My town has one, a town of Gilmington, where I live. It has an old stone pound. And so they would catch the animals and put them in here. But for the sheep, same idea, the stone walls, and there would be one little gate where the shepherd would be there at that gate, and he would allow the sheep in. He would call his sheep, and they would come in, and they would be safe for the night. The, the thing that we need to understand is not just enough to know of God. It's just not enough to go to church. It really is whether or not you have opened yourself up to the voice of God. And I, and I've, I know it's difficult because I even said it with my kids. My kids are like, how do you hear the voice of God? How do you hear the voice of God? I know that's the question you're asking right now. If the way in to eternity to experience the kingdom of God, which by the way, the kingdom of God starts here and now. You don't have to wait till you die. Now, when you die, that's where eternity, it's finality at that point. But we have an opportunity to experience the kingdom of God here and now. And if the qualification for that is whether we hear God's voice, then we need to ask the question, well, how do we hear God's voice? How many people would ask that question? Raise your hand if you want to know that answer to that. 
I don't have a complete answer, but I will tell you this. One and first of all, that's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit activates our spiritual life. When we receive Christ, I believe at that moment, there's, there's a little pilot light that walks in and then all of a sudden that starts allowing us to say, my sins are forgiven, I'm free from guilt, and so basically the weight is off your shoulders so you can begin... That's the beginning part of your relationship with the Lord. But it can't end there. That's a starting point. Then we say, then you need to be asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit because that's what puts the pilot light up onto this higher burner. Anybody have gas stoves around here? You know it, turn it up a little bit. All of a sudden, you can feel the heat a little bit more. That's what allows us to start hearing the voice of God. I know for me, I grew up in the church. The Bible made no sense to me. I spent more time sleeping in church than I did paying attention. But when I was 23 and the Holy Spirit came into my life, all of a sudden the word of God just, just infused me. And I was like, oh my word, this is what this means. And I couldn't get out of it. And God was speaking to me through his word. So first and foremost, you want to train your ears to know what God sounds like. You have to be in the word of God. Church, you have to be in the Word of God. There's a lot of variety of ways today. If you, you can be on a Bible app. You can get in your physical Bibles. What, there's a lot of different ways to be in the Word of God. But you need to train your ears to know what God sounds like because we have an enemy who will also whisper things to you. So that's first and foremost. Earlier today, that's why I said we need to confirm things with the Word of God. You need to know where things are in your Bible. So, church, I want to... Um, it's a big word. I don't know why it came to my mind. I implore you. I don't know what it means, but it sounds good. I implore you to read your Bibles. All right. Was that, did I use that word properly, by the way? All right, thank you. All right. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if he's saying the only way to come into that sheepfold, that sheep pen, is that we follow the voice of our good shepherd. He's the one who's leading us somewhere. That's why our community transformation grants that we're going to be doing um, uh, this coming fall, so exciting that, that every life group has the ability to apply for one of these grants to go meet a need in their community or a neighborhood. But what I want them to do is just not meet a need. I want them to pray and say, God, what are you doing and how do I join you in what you're doing? Because that's otherwise we just go into workspace. I got to work. I got to save this person. Works, works, works. And we know that works don't get us to heaven. But it's being obedient to the voice of God. So we have to train our ears. So we, we ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're in the word of God. Then we are like, he'll speak to us with dreams and visions. And then we need to confirm it with the word of God. And then we need to respond to what he's asking us. By the way, the reason why I love doing this in groups is because many times the Spirit of God will confirm himself amongst two or three people. 
There's safety in that. If you feel like God's speaking to you, go, go find a trusted brother or sister Christian and say, hey, this is what I feel like God is speaking to me. Does that sound right to you? And that helps you train also your ears to what the voice of God is saying. So one of the best ways to begin training your ears to the voice of God is to, or to be known by him, is this. As we continue to be used as a conduit for Jesus to work. Now, we know God is God. He could do the immeasurable without us, but yet he chooses to work through us. Every person here that God wants to use you as a conduit for his goodness to flow out into this world. Can everybody just put, put your hand on your chest for a moment right here and just say, God, you have permission to use me. And that gives him the ability to say, here's, here's a willing vessel Here's a willing person to say that that God's goodness, which, by the way, is never going to be judgmental. God's not going to use you to bring judgment. God's going to use you to bring love. God's going to use you to bring peace. God's going to use you to have compassion, not to judge. So when the Spirit of God flows through you and he chooses to work through human beings to accomplish his work here on earth, That the spirit of compassion will move us into action in response to the good shepherd's voice. You see, to be known by Jesus is to make his mission my mission. Look at that slide. To be known by Jesus is to make his mission my mission. See, God is actively trying to work on this earth. His job is to redeem everything that the enemy has corrupted. And so he's looking for people who will say, pause in the morning when they get up, say, God, use me today. As you're in the middle of work, God, speak through me today. As you're driving home and you're seeing a need in your neighborhood, God, could this be that you're speaking to me to meet that need? But you ask the question, Say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? To be known by Jesus is to make his mission my mission. So what was Jesus' mission? In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19, it says this. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. By the way, proclaiming the good news is not just to the poor. The good, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ is to anybody that the Spirit of God is laying on your heart to share the good news with. Now, we do know that God's heart is that none should perish. So you're not going to go wrong by sharing the good news. But I choose to say, I'm, I'm waiting for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to nudge me. Because that means that person is ready to receive. That person's ready to receive. So he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim that speak, proclamation, the good news to the poor. We got open our mouths, church. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. That's what we did here this morning. 
He wants to set the captives free. He wants to free people from the things that have ensnared them. To set liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love that because what he's saying, you come to Jesus, you're going to have his favor on your life. That's what Jesus was always about. If you look at Jesus' life, he was always talking about the kingdom of God. That's, a lot of his parables were about the kingdom of God. He proclaimed, he used words to talk about a father that loved them. He talked about what he was going to be doing on the cross for us to take care of our sins. But the proclamation was also followed with demonstration. He healed people. He cast out demons. He set people free. He forgave people. So the proclamation and demonstration, that's why for us as a church, we're always going to have love in action. Because that demonstration shows the heart that we care for people. But I do believe they go hand in hand. It's the proclamation and demonstration in the power of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that becomes the secret sauce, if you will. Well, that's a bad terminology. It becomes so powerful to see people come to Christ and to see their lives radically transformed. By the way, this is not to grow, how many members can we get in a church? Has nothing to do with that. Has everything to do with saying, guess what? People who don't know Jesus will spend eternity in hell. And people who don't know Jesus today live a life today that's miserable. Lack of hope, lack of peace. They fill their lives with everything that just robs and steals from them. And we're saying, wait a second, but we have the answer. We have the answer, and yet because we've been found, we somehow get complacent and realize that we're all set. And Jesus is reminding us through a dream that he gave to Tony that is like, now's the time. Now is the time. Don't be shy about sharing Jesus with others. I love you, Nate. See, the gospel of Jesus should be both a demonstration and a proclamation in response to the Holy Spirit's invitation. See, just proclamation, we can get on a soapbox, preach all we want. I don't know how fruitful it's going to be. But we do know that faith comes by hearing. So don't get me wrong saying, I, I want there to be proclamation. Demonstration, though, is showing the love of Jesus Christ to others in practical, tangible ways. Sometimes people won't know how much you care. Oh, there's a saying about that. Let me think about that. People won't know how much you care until... Somebody want to tell me that great saying? Oh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's a great saying. I like that one. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's the right saying. So that's why you need the proclamation with the demonstration. But here is again where the, where the power comes in. 
We have to wait for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We have to be spirit-led people. Because that is where we tune our ears. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing. And, and the reason why Jesus did that is because he needed to be in tune to the Father. And that's why I believe that as we're going through here, this, the sheep pen, the narrow gate, wide, that is easy for destruction. Many go through it. Narrow is the gate that only a few find. It's, I, I, I can almost guarantee it's found in one thing. It's whether or not we hear the voice of God and we're obedient to it. How in the world, if the good shepherd is calling our name, if we don't know, haven't been trained to hear his voice, how are we going to follow? Right? If there's a clarion call when he returns, and yet we have not trained our ears to hear him, how are we going to know if it's him? How do we know that that he's asking us to meet this need of a neighbor or wherever, or share Jesus with that person, if we first haven't heard him speak to us. All right, I'm going to go back real quick to that all-access pass for a moment. Our Father in heaven, who so desperately loves us, He wants to be close to us. He gave Jesus the ability to give every person an all-access pass. So we get that when we come to Jesus. But we want the Father to know us. That when it comes time to the the great banquet at the end of this age, that the Father would say, well done, good and faithful. That he would know us. That when we walk into his banquet hall with our all-access pass on, he would say, I know you. I know you. See, I don't want it just to be a place where it's kind of like, yeah, I know of you, God. And, and he's just like, but I, didn't, I, I, don't, I don't know you. But remember that verse last week? I did all this in your name. I did all this in your name, Jesus. I, I went to church every Sunday. I, I'm sorry, but I don't know you. It's kind of sobering when you think about it. It's challenging me. So I not only want to be I don't only want you to know God and know Jesus and know the Holy Spirit. I want him to know me. Well, don't, doesn't everybody, you know, God's all knowing. So of course he knows me. No, but he wants to know that that know is like an intimate knowing. He wants to be close. So don't go on this trip of saying, I got to do, do, do. Don't go on this thing of like, I'm all set either. 
I just want you to develop your relationship with the Lord. And to do that, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody just stand to your feet at this moment. By the way, if you are here today and you're, you're um, hosting a table for a life group fair, now would be a great time for you to go. I don't want you to miss out on that uh, this time, but uh, I'll fill you in afterwards. But would you just open up your hands and just say, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. I want to hear your voice. And I want to be obedient to what you ask of me. For those of you who are guests with us today, um, I want you to feel comfortable that you can come back and just be our guests. But I'm also mindful that maybe you are here and you don't know Jesus. And I would love to introduce you to him, to start your relationship with him. And if that is you, would you just slip up your hand real quick? You can just stay right where you are, but slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you real quick. If that's you, you want to know Jesus. Thank you, thank you. You can put down your hand. Thank you. Welcome to the family. We're going to pray. Those who put up your hand, you can just, and for all of us, it's a great reminder. You can, you can just cry out to God and talk to God in this way and follow my words. I'm just going to kind of lead you in a prayer. Jesus, I'm sorry for the sins of my past. You went to the cross for me, Jesus. You died for me. But you didn't stay dead. You rose again for me that I might have new life in you, Lord Jesus. I repent, which means I turn the other direction and I'm now starting to follow you, not following my flesh, not following the world any longer. I'm now following you, Jesus, the giver of good life, the hope of the world. I receive you in my life, in my heart, Jesus. Now all the angels in heaven are rejoicing over you. And let the congregation rejoice with those three that raised their hands. And for the rest of us, oh God, we just thank you for loving us. You told us that you shouldn't make it hard for people to come to you, but I wonder if, Lord, it's hard because we get so preoccupied in this world. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give us clarity of mind, an open heart to be your hands and feet, to love people the way that you would love, to be mindful of the needs around us, that our proclamation and our demonstration would be in response to the Holy Spirit's inspiration. It's not enough, Jesus, that we know you, but we want to be known by you. So train our spiritual ears. And everybody said, Amen. We're going to sing, and directly after we sing, they're going to dismiss you to go to the gym. 
Find a life group that works for you guys. Love you so much. Follow Jesus this week. Follow him. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 